that we did this? I think it, I think it was three years ago, actually. Okay. <laughs> Let me actually. You're right. Look it, that up. Is it in the archives? February seventeenth, twenty twenty. So three years ago, next week. Oh my God! Literally, like right before the world right, decided right. to go. Yeah, because I moved to Denver in 2019, like August or September. So we probably did it like a few oh, months yeah. after I moved to Denver. Uh, but yeah, that was like three years ago. But Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds. Uh, today, I have a returning guest, Abby Rosenblum. How are you doing, Abby? I'm doing great. I can't believe we were just talking about that. It's been three years. How is that possible? <laughs> I know, right? Your first, your first episode on the podcast, like you're, I think you're one of the first interviews I did after I moved to Denver, probably one of the first dozen or half dozen interviews I did wow. after I moved to Denver. That was pre-pandemic. So it was in person, <laughs> but now I'm three honored. years later, a lot of, a lot of things have happened, right? Oh my God. Yeah. We were just saying February 17th, 2020, who would have thought that we'd be here now. I'm so excited. We get to do another Valentine's day episode. How cool. I know. Right. Yeah. The first one was actually a Valentine's day episode and this is another Valentine's day episode. So, and the first one, fun fact, the first one you were engaged, right? You came to the recording with your fiance, but now you're married, you're expecting, you have all these things going on. I'm like, what other perfect way to like, you know, come back after three years and to touch up on some of your experiences. And obviously, like, you know, a lot more about love than I do. It's been three years. My, my information is still the same, <laughs> but I find that hard to believe. I think we all evolve a little bit in three years. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Right. But how's married life treating you so far? How's it going? Yeah, you know, people love to ask that question. And, you know, I feel like things aren't that different than when we were dating, granted, because we were living together, like when we were engaged and all that too. Um, I think the biggest change that I noticed when I got married is I was like, wow, I love this guy even more than I did when we were just engaged. So, you know, I think if you don't live with someone before you get married, that has got to be like a big adjustment for sure. Uh, that's true. I agree with that totally. And, you know, culturally, some people cannot live with people before they get right? married. You know, exactly. And, and like for religious and whatnot, reasons. But living with someone, definitely you want to see where they squeeze the toothpaste from, whether it's the middle or the end, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. right. I actually um, have a woman that I was connected with through matchmaking. She ended up meeting her person um, through her church. And they didn't live together, but got engaged. And then they had a place they were going to move in together, you know, after they got married, because their Christian faith was very important. So they wanted to live by that. And, you know, it was a little tough for them at the beginning of the marriage, just kind of figuring out, you don't know all the weird little idiosyncrasies of your partner if you haven't lived with them yet. I can imagine. I can imagine what what they went through. But how are they doing? Are they still toughing it out or? Hey, they're doing great. You know, I think it was just those first few months. You're like, oh, okay. So yeah, you are a human. You go to the bathroom, you leave toothpaste out, you leave socks on the floor, whatever it is. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So for a little bit of context for people who probably haven't listened to the first episode, if you want to listen to the first episode, go back to our episode that we posted February 17th, 2020. And that was when Abby was first on the podcast, but a little bit of context. So Abby is 
uh, a marketer. Uh, she has had a career in me media and she's an entrepreneur. Uh, she has a matchmaking service in Denver, Colorado um, called The Social, uh, a, a very popular matchmaking service. Cause I'll say like, I'll just like different things around town. I'll just see like bits and glimpses of The Social. Like, oh, I wonder how Abby is doing that type of thing. So you've done oh. really well with that. Uh, but for Thank people you. who are listening to this, like maybe from outside the U.S., uh, kind of like a refresher, do you want to explain what a matchmaking service is? Yes, I would be happy to, because even in the U.S., people are like, what is a matchmaker? <laughs> and don't understand exactly what my job is. And every day I am still super excited that I get to say this is my job. I kind of can't believe it. You know, I think when we first met, I wasn't doing this full time. It was a side hustle. Um, but now it is my full-time job, which is awesome. And it's been that way for two years. Um, and there are matchmakers all over the world. So if you are listening to this uh, outside of the U.S. or outside of Colorado, which is where we're recording, um, I have an awesome network of matchmakers all over the place. So please send me a message and be like, hey, do you know someone in New Zealand or in London or you know, wherever it might be? Um, because there are many of us, we are small, but mighty <laughs> and, you know, matchmaking is really, um, you know, bringing two people together and, you know, working with people to go through the trials and tribulations of dating, figuring out, you know, helping someone figure out what they want, you know, but the biggest thing is like, okay, you want this, this is your person. They also want the same things. Your values align. Let's bring you together. So, you know, the art of matchmaking is nothing new. I mean, it's been around forever. I think the first official matchmaking agency I was looking up was started in the 1600s in the UK. Oh, wow. Way back then. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So it is nothing new, but there has been a really interesting resurgence in the past couple of years where matchmakers are something that people are seeking out more and more as we get more and more frustrated with other ways of meeting people. And that's pretty interesting to know that you have a network of matchmakers in, in other places. Um, yeah. I'm sure your network of matchmakers in Nigeria are all pastors. That's our matchmakers where, where I come from. Is that pastors <laughs> do the hookup. <laughs> like, right? But. I mean, you know what? There's a totally, a, uh, I totally see that, you know, from in my Jewish community, it was always like a rabbi or kind of like a nosy woman within our synagogue who would be <laughs> the one who was matchmaking. So, right. you know, I think those community centers and hubs are still a place where a lot of people meet. Well, you've been doing this for a while. So I want to kind of like ask you a few questions because, you know, love is like kind of like one of the hardest things, right? Like, man like with other things out there it's like one plus one equals two but with love it's like man one plus one can equal anything right like <laughs> and yes. in the times we live in now like post-pandemic right a lot of people would maybe we don't meet people the same way that our parents used to right so it's so it's yeah. people are working remotely like people are not getting to interact you know social media sliding in dms all those type of things like when let me ask that basic question from your experience like when you get to interact with some of your clients that need your services how do you know someone is ready to date mm. like what is that is there like an aura do you ask a few qualifying questions how do you know that you know what like maybe come back in six months or yeah I think you're ready yeah it's a really good question because it's something that everyone is always trying to determine 
And, you know, people might think they're ready. They might go out there and then realize, Ooh, I wasn't. And that's okay too. Um, but really, you know, I can figure out pretty quickly, even though I spend an hour with each person interviewing them. Um, but really the biggest things are, you know, how long has it been since your last relationship? Was it a divorce? Have you taken the time to recover from that and learn and maybe go to therapy or do some kind of self-development work? That's a big one. You know, where are you at in your life right now? You know, are you super busy? Are you working 80 hour weeks? You might not be ready. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then also too, do you know what you're looking for? And do you have some awareness about who might be a good fit? And is it realistic? So those are also some big things because, you know, I do run into some women usually who have some unrealistic expectations and some men who have unrealistic expectations where they're like, yeah, I just want to date, you know, someone who basically looks like a model. And I'm like, um, yeah, so does everyone else, (laughs) (laughs) Right. but like, how are you going to meet that person? And is that person really going to vibe with you on values and all the things that they want in life? Or do you just want someone who's pretty to look at? So it's like, if you're focusing on maybe physical attraction as the biggest, most important thing of all, that -hmm. is also a sign to me that maybe you're not totally ready for something serious and committed, but it might be time to just say, Hey, go out and have some fun and then figure out what those deeper qualities are that you're seeking. No, that's very interesting. I think you hit a lot of points there. Like the first one you said, like how long has been, or what's your last relationship or how long has it been since your last relationship? (laughs) Is there like a specific amount of time you think is appropriate to let pass between relationships before you jump into the next thing? Or is more so what you do before you jump into the next thing? You know, it's definitely the latter. I wish I could just say, oh yeah, after six months, you're totally good to go no matter what. Um, but some people maybe need a lot more time. I mean, imagine if you were married for 20 years, you get divorced, you know, six months really might not be enough. So, you know, it's really dependent on every person and you'll know when you're ready. And I always tell people too, you can test it out, you know, don't test it out with me, but go on a dating app, go on a date and see how it feels. If it feels totally weird and uncomfortable. Okay. You're probably not ready go back, do some more work, you know, do some soul searching, you know, grow your confidence in yourself after being in that long of a relationship. Um, because you'll know when you're ready. And I think Mm. using, I always say using dating apps as a testing ground is a really good place to start. That's interesting insight. So you just like, you know, see, test yourself to see if you're ready or not. Uh, I think a lot of people are just afraid of being alone or, you know, just want to rush things and find themselves. You know, there's this whole concept of the rebound, like getting to the next person as quick as possible. Like I'm not gonna, you know, wait whatsoever, but you know, sometimes that's a kind of like a recipe for disaster. Right. So the other thing you mentioned was, you know, do you know what you're looking for? That's another big (laughs) <laughs> like oh my god this is like the basics yeah <laughs> oh man you would think right but man i don't know human beings i don't know we're just a very special breed right when it comes to interacting with other human beings in fact interacting with ourselves sometimes we lie to ourselves so how much more with other people but what are some of like how would i frame what i'm looking for like what are the important questions you think i should answer in what i need in a partner to make it realistic and like at least actionable, that type of thing. 
Totally. Because, yeah, it's like sometimes you seem like, oh, everyone has the same list, likes dogs, likes tacos, is smart, is funny, especially here in Denver. (laughs) It's like every person's profile is like, if you like tacos, swipe right. I don't know why that has become such a thing. Um, But, you know, I always say to start with your own values is the biggest thing, Um, because some people don't even know what their values are. And that is an issue when it comes to dating Um, because compatibility in terms of shared values is huge. You know, you can have all the physical attraction in the world. You could both love tacos till the day you die. Um, But if you don't value the same things, then your relationship might not last a really long time. It might last for a little bit and you'll definitely have some fun. Um, So I would say if people are not sure where to begin is look at your values. And honestly, you can just like Google list of values. <laughs> um, and I have a list I send to people all the time. If they're not sure, I'm like, Hey, here's your homework, figure out your values, figure out what's important to you in your life. What guides your decision-making, what guides the things you do. Um, and then really having compatibility in those areas is big. Um, and then also thinking about past relationships. If people aren't sure where to start of thinking of what were things you liked from a past relationship and what were things that you didn't like. And then maybe think of the opposites <laughs> that you mm. would want in a future one as well. That's interesting. So, so starting from within, kind of like starting from your <laughs> own values and seeing how you can, uh, what if you don't like your, your values? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't like your values, I think we should like really rewind and restart from the beginning right? <laughs> and figure out like, let's pick some new ones. Like maybe just pick some new things to express yourself. Maybe, you know, work with a coach or a therapist. I feel like that kind of thing is invaluable. And I do definitely refer a lot of people to those experts um, because, you know, Ah, sometimes we haven't done a lot of soul searching ourselves. It's a big, tall task to do. (laughs) Interesting. So you're saying as a matchmaker, you work with like therapists and other professionals who you can refer people to and they can send them back to you when they feel like they're ready. It's Ah, totally essential to my business for sure. I have all of these amazing experts because I know I can't know everything. It's not Mm -hmm. possible, but I'm really good at the whole putting two people together thing. (laughs) So, you know, if someone needs a little bit more help, we send them to the dating coach. Maybe there's something way deeper going on. Go to the therapist. I also have a stylist, an astrologist. um, An astrologist? Yeah, that was a big one. People really wanted after Indian matchmaking came out mm. in 2020 um, because the matchmaker about on the that Netflix show, series. Yes, the Netflix series. Did you watch that one? I did not, but I heard about it. <laughs> you know, it's it's honestly it's entertaining. It's worth worth a watch if you're bored on a you know Sunday night. <laughs> um, but you know they have they do some work with astrology in that show, and people started asking me about it. So I found an astrologist here. Of course, she's in Boulder. Um, (laughs) And, you know, people work with her if that's their calling too. So, you know, I think a huge key to success in life and success in my business has just been surrounding myself with people who know more than I do, because there's no way we can all know everything. Nice. Nice. That's a nice strategy. But sometimes we lie to ourselves, right? Like, or let me not even say lie to ourselves. Like we tend to compromise, right? As human beings, right? I want to get a new apartment. I love the kitchen. I don't really like the bathroom, but the bedroom is okay. All right. You can't really have everything like just pay, sign the lease. And 
you know, pay for it, that type yeah. of thing. Like, how do you know, like, well, okay, like he does this or she does this, but they're, they seem good in this other part. And I still don't know, like, maybe I'll discover something more. Like, how do you know what to compromise on, what not to compromise on? How do you advise your clients uh, in that regard? Ooh, and I love your apartment analogy. I might have to steal that because right. <laughs> it is so true. Like when you're house hunting, apartment hunting, you're like, okay, you know, we can paint the walls, we can spruce it up, <laughs> right. but, the, but the bones will still be the same. So that's, that's really genius. I love that. Um, so I actually work with people on something. And if you have a long, long list of things you're looking for, that's totally fine. Um, but I always tell people, think of like, what are your top three non-negotiable things. Like these are things I normally see, like they usually have to do with like maybe having a shared faith, maybe having a shared outlook on family, whether you want one or you don't want one. Um, you know, they could be like valuing an active lifestyle, you know, what are your top three big things and then get your top five wants, and then everything else you can compromise on. Because sometimes, as you know, no, so maybe I'm sure you've seen people might have a list of a hundred things. I know I have friends like this. Two hundred. I I don't match make them. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, if you're like you know nitpicking every little thing and looking for a million qualities in someone, I mean, no one is going to fit that. That's like a mystery person that doesn't exist, unfortunately. But no one seems to break off though. Like even if we know our top three things, like we still tend mm -hmm. to tell ourselves, mm, let me just stay in there. Like it's rare, maybe like one in 10 occasions where you just tell someone after one day or two dates, you know what? Like based on our interaction, I'm really sorry. It's like people don't want to be the bad person or like seem like yeah. they're rejecting. Maybe some people result to ghosting someone or just, <sighs> you know, doing all that so it's like how do you then communicate with that person that hey you know these are my values these are things that are really important to me like from our you know interim interaction it doesn't seem like we're compatible in this this and this and um, I just don't feel it'll work and the cliche let's stay friends type of thing so how, how do you communicate that to another person in the first few dates Oh, and if you are listening and you are trying to break it off with someone in the first few dates, you can also text me and I'll give you my template that you okay. literally can say, hi, insert first name. <laughs> okay. Do, um, can I hire you as well? That can you go break up with that person for me? <laughs> yes, I will give you my template. I will gladly do I it. I mean, because... hire you in person. Like, can you walk to that person's house? I'll go tell, I'll call oh them up. Oh my God. Okay. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> right. Um, cause I have, I do this all the time, you know, after people go on first dates through me, I will, you know, make sure both people are on the same page and sometimes they're not. Sometimes one person's interested and one person isn't. And I'll say, Hey, you know, this person just wasn't feeling a romantic connection, you know, and that's that, you know, just leave it at that. Don't feel like you have to give reasons unless you want to, or if you want to give feedback, that's fine too. Um, just know that it could be well-received or not. <laughs> so prepare yourself for that. Um, but I think, you know, it's always better than ghosting to just say, Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed getting to know you, but just wasn't feeling the connection that I was seeking. No one can argue with that. Um, but I wouldn't recommend like making up something. <laughs> I know people a lot of the times do, and they'll say, you know, oh, there's someone else I'm seeing and I'm just going to pursue things with them. And mm -hmm. then it makes that person feel kind of shitty because they're like, well, why'd you go on a date with me? If you had another person you wanted to pursue or they'll lie and say, oh, I realized I wasn't really ready, which 
but that's for okay some too. schools of thought say keep it vague right because the chances are like whatever you tell that person that moment that person's going to remember for their maybe not for the rest of your life or for a long time so if you say oh um i really don't think we're compatible because for instance like i drink water you drink soda for instance like it's gonna <laughs> be ingrained in your mind that oh like so some people right. say will just keep it vague so like you don't say something specific that even if it's not like um for you like they don't start trying to change behavior or something like I don't know what do you think right. about that I think you're totally right because like why give anyone a hit to their ego we are all fragile enough as human beings and especially when you're single and putting yourself out there it's like you know it's tough if someone gives you some kind of feedback that's really rough mm-hmm. so you know I really think just saying hey wasn't feeling the connection I was wanting you know, wish you the best. And you do not need to pretend that you want to be friends with this person. You know, that was never how anyone entered into this engagement of thinking you guys would be friends. So don't feel like there's that pressure, but obviously if you genuinely like want to be friends, instead of doing something romantic, like throw it out there. The worst thing they say is no, or they don't respond. Got it. Got it. But let's talk about like the environment right now, like the dating environment. Like, I don't think I haven't been alive for that long, like in the grand scheme of things, but I would say like dating, I don't think like all genders have been more polarized <laughs> anytime in history than it is now. Like you have all these things, right? That re-rise of feminism, you know, these this whole manosphere culture that's coming with podcasting and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the strive for equality and things like that. Like it's, I don't know, like, it's just like, so difficult now. So um, how is that like for you being in the business of matchmaking and dating? How is that like operating in today's environment? Right. I mean, it definitely is different than how our parents and our grandparents and can go back many, many generations, how anyone met. Um, Because even our parents might say like, oh yeah, we met in a bar or we met through a friend of a friend. And that is becoming less and less common now. Because people are, you know, a little more insular, even, um, I was talking to a dating coach this morning and she was like, yeah, I went out to a bar in Denver. I hadn't been out in a while. And she's like, everyone was like 10, 15 years younger than me. And no one was dancing. No one was interacting with each other. People were just in their little groups or on their phones. So there isn't, you know, as much opportunity to just meet when you're out and about. And I think, Also, the pandemic has given people a little bit of social anxiety. I have noticed that's one of my biggest challenges with most of my clients these days. So yes, it can definitely be more challenging, but at the same time, I feel like we also have this really amazing opportunity right now because I always love to see the positivity in things. So I got to take it there where there's never been a time where you could meet someone outside of like your general community or circle. And it was so easy. You know, before it's like, well, you're just going to marry like, you know, Joe Schmo from up the street because that's who it is. And, you know, he's the best one around in the neighborhood. Right. Right. (laughs) And you just feel like, yeah, you know, we'll make it work and we'll make it happen. And I'm not saying that was better or anything, but it was just really different. Or you date like within your community was pretty much how it was. Um, But now it's like you have these billions of people at your fingertips through dating apps or social media. A lot of distractions, right? Right. And, you know, it's kind of like about how you approach that because you could approach it from a place of like, wow, there's so many people. How could I not find my person? But what I notice is most people approach it as, 
oh my God, there's so many people. Where do I begin? (laughs) Or they approach it as like, I'm just going to write you off in two seconds if you do something weird because the grass is always greener and there's always more people that I can chat with. Do you feel like, you know, in your experience, it's kind of been that way? Uh, it depends on, on what season, the winter versus summer. <laughs> Ooh, wait, tell me the differences. I mean, I'm, I can kind of guess, but I'm curious. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can get into that. But one question I want to ask you before I forget is how do you know how, yeah. like, what's the best method to approach? We can segment that, right? Approaching virtually and approaching in person. Like these days, yeah. I can speak from a guy's perspective, right? Like you're so afraid of harassment or potential harassment. And you yes. hear this thing that, hey, like, a guy who a girl likes can say one thing and she'll consider it a compliment, but someone who she doesn't like says this exact same thing word for word and it's harassment. So where do you draw the line? How do you approach <sighs> someone virtually saying the DMs, you know, uh, yeah. that's, you know, a, a little flirtatious, but still a little respectful and all that. And how do you do that in person as well, based on, you know, advice you've given your clients? So I would always say lead with a compliment, whether you're in person or virtual and like not a creepy compliment. So, you know, something that someone chose about like where they were or what they're wearing, not like, Hey, nice boobs, you know, (laughs) like that wouldn't be a great one or a nice ass. You know, I think a lot of guys go with that and that's not really what women are looking for. Instead, it'd be more like, you know, Hey, I love, you know, I'm wearing a blue blazer. Maybe you're like, Hey, I love your blue jacket you know, and then ask a question of like, where'd you get that? This is more like, you know, if you're in person and, you know, in another amazing dating coach, I have to give a shout out to Ben Byer Waltis. He teaches a whole class on this of how to approach women where the compliment is just the perfect way. And it's basically their invitation of like, Hey, do you want to engage with me? Um, and if they're just like, thanks. And then maybe they move on and go back to pick up their coffee at the counter. Like, okay, they don't want to engage. That's fine. It is what it is, but you're giving them that, that opening of like, Hey, I'm here to chat and receive if you're open to it. And, you know, same thing virtually too, you know, maybe like sending them a DM about one of their pictures of like, Oh, where was this? This picture is amazing. Um, or this looks so fun or I've been there too. Um, you know, I think women tend to get creepy messages. So if you're that guy who doesn't send creepy messages, you're going to stand out. And also if you are the guy who's actually asking women out and taking the initiative, you are going to be in the 1%. Because like you said, many men are really scared of doing that right now, which is understandable. Um, But I still get so much feedback from women that they want the guy to take the initiative and ask them out, you know? So we should peel that back because some guys might be listening now. What (laughs) is taking the initiative? I know you said asking out, taking the initiative, but what are, is that like being detailed and specific about where we're going for a date, giving options, or what is that exactly? What is taking the initiative? Yeah, there's lots of layers to this for sure. Mm -hmm. So I can speak to like the feedback I get from the ladies of what they feel like has changed and, you know, might be missing in the dating world right now. So one is, you know, even if you're on the dating apps, a lot of guys don't ask the women out. It's like, you know, you become a pen pal for however long. (laughs) And I'm like, why are you here? She We're here to like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, do we really That's want funny. that? Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, taking that initiative on an app and saying, Hey, you know, let's grab, or like, you want to grab a drink this weekend and then following up with I'm free. 
this day or this day. So having the two concrete options, because if you leave it a little too open, hey, you want to grab a drink? She's like, yeah. And then (laughs) you're like, so where do we go from here? Um, Versus if you give two concrete options, hey, I'm free Friday night and Saturday afternoon for a happy hour. She's like, oh, Saturday afternoon's great. And then you can say, where do you live? I'll pick a great place for us. So, you know, I think women do like that initiative of saying, hey, I'm going to pick a place for us. I'm going to make your life easy. And, you know, it is allowing the woman to be more in her feminine energy and for the guy to be more in his masculine energy, which in opposite sex relationships Mm -hmm. is still very relevant to the dynamics. Is that, I mean, you mentioned words that I don't even know if I'm, I'm qualified to talk about those like masculine energy and feminine energy. Though, <laughs> so we don't go into a rabbit hole. Like that's like something like if you listen to some of these, I mean, we have um, all these guys out there. I think the most popular one is like Andrew Tate and some of all these guys yeah. that people might consider like toxic and whatnot. You yeah. know, there's this controversy about, well, okay, feminine energy versus masculine energy. People say, okay, um, some women might not have the same sense of feminine energy as women of old used to have. And the same with guys. Most guys are not as traditional as they used to be or whatnot. Like in your experience, given the number of clients you've worked with, would you say that's still valuable? Like when I say traditional, like feminine versus masculine, like I don't mean that's how it's supposed to be every time, but would you say that's still valued out there in the dating market? I would definitely say it's still valued and like in no way, like the toxic masculinity that Mm. you might be thinking of, you know, I think there is a really good way to be in your healthy masculinity. Um, I actually just interviewed a guy on my podcast, ghosted shameless plug, um, all about like what healthy masculinity really looks like, because it is very hard right now for straight cisgender men who are trying to date and trying to balance how do I be in my masculine without offending a woman while also appreciating feminism? And, you know, do I hold the door open and do I pay on the first date? You know, there's so many, you know, things that are confusing now that just used to be like, this is how it is. Um, But I think it gives us a really good opportunity where you can create your relationship, how you feel comfortable. You know, like in my day to day, I'm very much in my masculine energy in my job because I'm leading a team. I'm making decisions. I'm guiding people through all these dating issues and being this like guiding light to them. (laughs) And they're kind of just receiving this information. So the masculine is more about like leading and decision-making versus the feminine being like, I'm receiving and a little more like following the lead. So, you know, then in my relationship, when I'm done with my day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be more in my feminine. And, you know, my husband might pick where we're going to go to dinner or he's going to, you know, make a plan of what we're doing this weekend, you know, small things like that. So So, who pays for the the first date? And I, and I say that because I think a lot of, some of the issues that are affecting the dating scene is also the economy, right? Like, Our grandparents went to school cheaper without student loans. They got all these great houses in the suburbs cheaper. And right now, like millennials and Gen Zers are taking longer and longer to buy houses. People are working longer and longer. 401ks are not as huge as they used to be. All these things financially, people are having roommates well into their 30s now compared to back Mm -hmm. in the day. So speaking from a guy's perspective, like, okay, if I'm going out with these six to eight 
young ladies in this quarter or whatever? Am yeah. I paying for every date? Like who pays for the first date? Right. And it's another tough one. So my belief and how I run my dates through matchmaking is that the guys pay. Mm. Um, and by no means am I sending people to somewhere really expensive on date one. You know, you can also do free things on your first date. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, you could go for a walk if it's nice outside. Um, you know, you could also go walk around somewhere inside that has cool things to see. Um, I even, I talked to a woman earlier who took a guy, um, she had to like run an errand and the guy was like, Hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Do you want to do our date? And they went to like a home Depot and walked around together. <laughs> and she said it was fun. Cause they had stuff to look at. I'm not saying like go to home Depot on your dates. Right. <laughs> would not recommend that, but like you can do free things or even just grab a coffee. Yes. Coffee has even gotten expensive. You know, if you want some like $9 matcha latte with oat milk, right. um, but you know, you That's can definitely do thing. things, yeah. <laughs> right. You can definitely do things that are less expensive. You know, that first date could be like 20, 25 bucks. So, you know, I also do think there are plenty of people who are okay splitting the bill too. Um, and then a great way to kind of let someone know you're interested in a second date. If you do split the bill is be like, mm. Hey, I got us next time when we see each other again, um, because I think it is still a nice gesture and hopefully the other person will return the favor eventually too. Hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah, right. but you, you know what you're saying? Like I'm, I'm actually picking up like this whole idea of a dating coach, right? Cause if you're an athlete, you might have the raw ability right like okay yeah i can run fast i can dunk i can do all this thing but you might need a coach to kind of like hone those talents to make you better so maybe that's where a dating coach because when when i say who pays and you say you recommend the guy pays and you also might recommend like the location for where it's suitable to be a first date so that's kind of like being a coach right kind of like staring and maybe that's what people had in the old days like mentorship longer friendships and things like people they could talk to now everyone's just kind of like in their head and being distracted by a million or one followers on mm -hmm. social media is that is it advisable to bring an outside party into your relationship and I know like with ladies they do this more often like talk with like friends well this is a guy who's talking to me but guys not so much but should you yeah. talk to your, your your parents or your best friend or or a dating coach or someone, um, should you trust an external person with something so, you know, emotional? Is that advisable? You know, as the matchmaker, I will always say yes, as long as it feels good. You know, I think sometimes our parents, our friends, our family members, you know, they can have like our best intentions at heart, um, but they might have an ulterior motive of, you know, maybe your parents might be like, ah, just keep dating her because we really want grandkids. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I think friends can be super helpful too, but, you know, having that unbiased third party, it's kind of like, how I always recommend all my couples when they get together to right. find a couples therapist, even if everything's going amazing. It's like, have that person so that if shit hits the fan, you have someone to go to. Um, and, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because people are just think, oh, I should just know how to date. 
It should just be this thing that comes innately to me. But, you know, you and I didn't just like wake up one day and figure out how to podcast. (laughs) You know, we learned it. Maybe we hired someone. I hired a producer to help me figure out how to do mine because I wasn't, I was like, I don't know what goes into that. So it's like, we lean on experts in so many things in our lives, but then dating gets forgotten somehow. So I think it can be super beneficial. Um, Even I just have a quick example of a client that I'm working with right now who he's 25. He has very little dating experience, lots of social anxiety from the pandemic. And, you know, we've been working together for three months and it's kind of like my dating 101 crash course. (laughs) So, you know, before he ever even went on a date, you know, we were like talking about what are your values? What do you want? Like a lot of things I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, how to set boundaries, how to figure these things out. And we even did a practice date (laughs) where I go on the date with someone that I know as a woman and we see how the conversation goes and I give feedback on the spot. Um, Wait, 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 say that, say that one more time. You say you practice (laughs) going on a date. Yes. Which I know sounds crazy and so weird. Um, but I will say after he did his practice date, he went on a real date yesterday and he had so much confidence and it was so great. Interesting. So So that's almost like a interview prep kind of like, well, are you being yourself though? Like if you like, you're so, cause what happens if six months into the relationship, like, oh man, I can't take it anymore. I'll just be myself. I'm like, oh, who have you been playing all this time? Right. (laughs) So the practice date is not someone that you're like actually going to date. It's someone like, you know, that I'll pull from my database or, Mm -hmm. you know, I used my sister-in-law for a couple, you know, where I'm just like, Hey, come help me out with this. And, you know, basically I'll just be the weird third wheel on your date. And, you know, when things are good, I'll interject and be like, yeah, that was a great question to ask. You know, do you see how that kind of flowed? Because, you know, if you have anxiety about going on dates, which is almost everybody I meet <laughs> at different levels, you know, just being in that environment and being like, Whoa, I can do this makes it so much easier. And then for your real date, then I set you up at the same place we did the practice date. So Ah. then there's even like one less new thing. So all it is, is a new person. Like you already know what you're going to order for coffee. You know, where you're going to sit, you know, park makes life so much easier. This is very well thought out. Shout shout out to you, Abby. (laughs) This is very well thought out. Thank you. I'm thinking when you were talking about that, like, I don't know the entrepreneur in there, like, can I set up a consulting company to provide bodies for practice <laughs> dates like this a free free right <laughs> but I'm just kidding I'm just kidding this is a very interesting business to be in like what are some of the obviously without like giving out names or anything like what are some of um, the horror stories like you um, encountered that hey you set two people up and uh, it just didn't go well like can you share some and you can share some good ones as well but what are oh, some totally. of the I mean, the horror stories are usually more fun for people than like, yay, they Mm -hmm. lived happily ever after, you know? (laughs) Um, And honestly, I'm glad I haven't had a ton of horror stories. Um, But, you know, there's one that does stand out to me where I set up a couple, you know, thought they had lots of fun things in common. And, you know, then it turned out the guy got just totally wasted on the date, started saying all kinds of cringy stuff. Oh, man. Um, Oh my God. It was just not good. And then, you know, texted her too many times in a row after the date and it just went down. I really dark. This was a first date. This was a first date. Interesting. So yeah, guy just couldn't, uh, couldn't handle his alcohol. (laughs) 
And wait, um, okay, that was one that came from the guy. Is there anyone that came from um, maybe the opposite sex? Oh, yes. Don't worry. We're not going to just shame the men here. Right. <laughs> um, this isn't like totally a horror story, but it's something that probably people can relate to is um, I had a couple go out, another first date. Um, and, you know, I follow up after and he's like, yeah, so I just spent the last three hours and I think I said three words and she just talked the entire oh. time. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't even get a word in. I didn't even know what to do. It was taking her forever to finish her drink. So we couldn't even leave. <laughs> right, right, right. And that might be good practice for when he eventually gets married. My brother's married and he was like, oh, that's a the best word in your marriage, like we joke about this. So I'm like, yeah. a very important one in your marriage sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, yes. Oh just my acknowledge. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, interesting. interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So this is Valentine, right? This is the Valentine season, right? Um, we'll probably release this on like February 13th or something, but just in case someone like listens to this uh, a few hours or a couple of days to, to Valentine, like, yeah. You don't have a date like how can you make something happen like this valentine are there, are there alternatives to valentine or do you just kind of like work towards the next valentine what, what do you have to to tell people about that oh i love that you asked this because honestly i as a matchmaker i enjoy valentine's day but i hate the pressure it brings to everyone you know, whether you're single or in a relationship, if you're in a relationship, there's pressure to get this perfect gift or plan this perfect date. Um, my husband and I are just like, let's just do something fun some other time. You know, <laughs> we don't need to go to like a three course fancy meal. Right. Um, and then if you're single, you're like, oh my God, I should be with someone. I should be, you know, in this romantic type of thing. Um, but I think we forget that Valentine's day even though maybe we don't portray it in the commercials is really about all different kinds of love. So it's not just about romantic love. It's also about like unconditional love, family love, friend love, self-love. And, you know, I would hope that one of those five you have in your life, or you can show to someone else. So I always encourage everybody, you know, practice love in some way is really more of what it's about. You know, maybe you practice unconditional love for your dog and, you know, you go get your dog a special treat on Valentine's Day. Interesting. Um, or maybe you practice the love for your friends and you organize like a something for you guys to all do together that day. So, you know, I think the big thing that I've been trying to encourage people is we focus so much on just one type of love and how, oh, that's the only correct way to right. practice this holiday. So my challenge to anyone listening, um, even if it's after Valentine's day, because February is like the month of love, at least, uh, here in Colorado, it's cold. We need a little extra love in our lives. <laughs> so maybe just send someone like a text that you're thinking of them and you love them. Cause there's gotta be at least one person out there that you could say that you love them too. I would think. Nice. Nice. Well said. Well said. I think people, like you said, like people tend to focus too much sometimes like people also like forget to like just live their lives like hey you know sometimes like maybe it's not just the right time just do other things other types of love and just like you know go on with your life and you know when, when it happens it happens that type of thing I think maybe yeah. around when we get to a certain age or maybe everyone around us is getting married or things like that like we tend to oh, okay well, how do I force the process how do I do this how do I do that um but I'd love to ask you some very specific questions I think I asked you the one about who pays for the first date you answered that earlier <laughs> 
yes. also have some other questions. What happens, and these are real life scenarios, right? Me or maybe friends of mine, right? Like what happens if you're chatting someone up, um, mm -hmm. maybe it's been a week, let's say, and their birthday is coming. Like you, you haven't known this person well enough. Maybe you guys haven't even gone on a date yet, or maybe you've gone on one date, yeah. and all of a sudden their birthday is next week. What are you supposed to do? Ooh, okay. Well, if you know it's their birthday, that's mm -hmm. already a good sign. If they've shared that with you. <laughs> yeah, you know it's um, their birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know it's their birthday. They tell you. They, in yeah, conversation, okay, they just make it past. Love oh, it. It's my birthday next week, type of thing. Yeah. So I would, if you haven't met up in person yet, I would definitely text them or message them on whatever platform you're on and say, happy birthday when the day comes around. Like, I hope you have a great day. You know, I think there's also like a, it depends answer where maybe you've met up with them once or twice, you know, you could send them a little something. You totally could, you know, you might not necessarily take them out for their birthday. If you only gone on a date or two, um, or maybe the next time you see them, bring them a little something, send them flowers, send them candy. Um, you know, you might not have their address. Um, but I think even just sending a text, happy birthday, hope you have a great day is totally sufficient in the very beginning. I would hope that Noah is expecting extravagant gifts at that point. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. What yeah. about, um, let me see what else is there. Mm -hmm. Uh, what term do I use for this? But situations where um, someone circles back. Let's say you're trying to talk oh. to someone. Um, uh, they're not ready or, or they ghost you or whatever it is happens. Yeah. And maybe they circle back eight months. And now they're trying to kind of like talk to you. Like, what do you do in that situation? I call that zombieing. Have you heard of that yeah, one? Oh, that's a perfect term. <laughs> zombie. <laughs> I was looking for the term to y'all zombie. Yes. That one. Yeah. When you ghost and then come back from the dead, it totally mm -hmm. happens. <laughs> right. You know, you got to check in with yourself and be like, okay, what happened initially with this person? If it was something where you were like, ooh, that was a red flag. Don't even bother with it again. Um, but you know, I have seen where it's like, maybe someone was like, Hey, the timing just wasn't right. I was traveling around the world for a hundred days. Um, you know, I think reasons like that would be more of a green flag in my book, but obviously you have to be the best judge of that one. Um, so yeah, if someone's zombies for good reason, <laughs> then you could let them come back from the dead and, you know, try it out with caution. Right. What's some interesting statistics, like given your line of work that you've Ooh. noticed, like it can be on anything, like it can be, um, I don't know, people tend to split the bill, stay together longer, or if you message within the first three days, well, I don't know if you're keeping tabs of metrics, it doesn't have to be statistics, it can just be like anecdotally what you've noticed, yeah. um, that maybe it takes someone looking at very many relationships to have noticed a pattern over time, obviously not generalizing, but what's something you can share with us? Ooh, yeah. I wish I had like just numbers off the top of my head. You're putting me on the spot, but trends I can definitely speak to. Yeah, trends definitely. So, you know, I think a huge one I'm noticing is this whole idea of emotional intelligence, which is not anything new. Um, but it has been at the top of so many people's lists of things they want in a partner. 
And I think it was last year, actually, Match.com. They always Mm -hmm. do a survey at the end of the year. And emotional intelligence was actually above physical attraction in terms of the top things people were looking for. So for all genders? Yeah. Yeah. And like sexual orientations, this spanned everybody. So, you know, it was really interesting that people are, you know, physical attraction is obviously important in a romantic relationship, but emotional intelligence has been a big thing. And I think the pandemic led to a lot of people reflecting on themselves more, realizing what really is important. Um, I also noticed a big trend of people just being more sex positive and not that people are, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean people are having multiple partners or, you know, not committing. They are, they are. Yeah, they definitely are. But I noticed more so that people are like open to communicating more about what they want and when it comes to sex mm. and, you know, just being more clear about that. And I noticed that's a huge trend with Gen Z as well of like, we are not going to be embarrassed to talk about our sex lives and tell people what we want. Got it. Got it. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. What about dating for entrepreneurs, right? So we're both entrepreneurs, right? We, we, we attend local entrepreneurship meetings uh, around the city uh, together. Like being an entrepreneur sometimes is so difficult, right? Like I think maybe like less than 5% of the entire population were born. I understand the psyche it takes to be an entrepreneur, right? Like how in God's name, like I found myself one time explaining the concept of time and how valuable time is to someone I was dating at the time. I was like, look, I bill per hour. I'm a consultant, right? Like every hour has to be accounted for. Like, it's not like I rather go. I think at the time she was complaining why there's a target close to where I live and the Walmart is further away. Oh, why do you go to target when it's more expensive when the Walmart? I was like, look, if it takes me an hour to go to that Walmart and come back and it takes me 20 minutes to go to Target and come back. I'd rather go 20 minutes because that's the extra 40 minutes I can use to do a client's job and build that person for it, which will yeah. be cover whatever I spent in Target. And it was just a very foreign concept to explain to the person why I do what I do and why my time is so valuable. But I say that to say like, what are some tips for entrepreneurs who also looking for love do you just date another entrepreneur or do you like what are you being an entrepreneur like what did you uh what kind of tactics do you use in in, you know finding the love of your life oh totally I think communication in any relationship and specifically if you're an entrepreneur is huge um because we do have weird hours like you know we're not recording this podcast during business hours right now so it's something where you know I give my husband a heads up of like hey I'm going to be working late. Like we'll have dinner together before and like communicating that ahead of time so that no one's like, oh, we're not hanging out tonight. You know, there's no like surprise there. Um, And I think, you know, in the beginning stages of dating, communicating like kind of how your schedule is, is important too, because people may not understand like, oh yeah, like I might have two hours free in the middle of the day and I go, you know, to the gym, (laughs) but then I'm working till 9 p.m or I'm taking people out to dinner or clients or whatever it might be. Right. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is just letting people know, like, this is my schedule, but then also letting them know, like you have time to prioritize them too. So, you know, it could freak someone out if you're like, yeah, I work 80 hours a week. Right. <laughs> They're like, so how are you going to date anybody? Right. Um, but you know, saying something like, Hey, you know, my schedule is flexible, but busy. 
And, you know, but I'm willing to make time for a relationship. And that's something you could even say on a dating app, on a first date, just to make sure that is known before you even start dating. Um, And I think this also comes up like the whole, like my time is so valuable thing with single parents that I work with. Mm. It's like, I see a lot of similarities between entrepreneurs and single parents. Um, You know, I feel like being a parent is you're kind of running another, another business, honestly. Right. True. (laughs) Um, And their time's super valuable too, because, you know, even if they're co-parenting, it's the same thing. They're like, well, you know, these are the days I'm available And maybe, you know, when they have their kid, they might not want to get a babysitter because that's their time with them. So, you know, I think communication is really what it comes down to. And it is never too early to communicate where you're at with your schedule and that kind of thing. That's very good advice. And I guess communication is just doesn't just mean talking, right? Like there are different ways to communicate (laughs) to make sure that the person is receiving what you're trying to communicate. So that's pretty interesting. So um, let's talk about your new baby for a little bit. So obviously you've been doing the social, which is like uh, the flagship matchmaking service. But yes. recently you came up with a, a new idea called Founderist. So you want to talk about that a little bit? What is Founderist? I would love to. So this is now kind of a spinoff of matchmaking for the business community, because I did notice I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and helping them find romantic love. Uh, And then I was also having fun just connecting them with other people in our business owner community. Uh, So, you know, I think sometimes it is very difficult to find those deeper, more meaningful connections with fellow business owners. And, you know, I think as we both know, it can kind of be a lonely journey sometimes. You know, maybe your partner isn't a business owner. Maybe your friends, you know, have nine to five jobs. They don't really get it. And they're like, wait, so you can't hang out on Saturday? <laughs> like, right. yeah, I can't because I got a freaking hustle. So, you know, I think also just we wanted to build a community as well where people can feel like they have that support. They could find mentorship. Um, and I am matchmaking basically without the physical attraction in play. Um, you know, whether that's people to co-found a business together, whether that's people to have a great connection and maybe a referral partnership, um, or maybe even a mentor mentee relationship. Um, so it's very exciting to build that too. And, you know, just kind of solidifies even more my passion for bringing people together. Nice. And I think that's a great idea. You know, I'd love to see with that with Founderist is kind of like, you know, how you do your, um, what they call these like speed dating I guess like all the events you put on with the social if that can (laughs) a unique ways because you know in the business world you know we have conferences we have meetups we have all these things but is there a unique thing you can do borrowing off your experience from the social to say okay this is a very interesting way to specifically meet business people which is kind of like a you know a twist to it not a conference but some type of twist I'll be very interesting to see but um but hey, well, you know, uh, we have speed networking is what we're I doing. Mean, there we go. So that, that's one it's here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's one. So that's good. How do people reach out to you, Abby? If someone is kind of like listening to this, um, they might not be in Denver, but maybe you can connect them with someone else. Maybe you can work with them remotely. Um, how do they reach out to you? And what can you help them with um, regarding their dating life? Oh, so many ways to reach out to me. I promise I'll respond to any and all of them. Um, honestly, the best way is to send me a text. Um, I know that's kind of crazy, but I always have my phone on me. You can text me at 
842-4762. And just text me and say, hey, I heard you on the Culture Class podcast and would love your help with dating or have some questions about matchmaking and how that works. Or I would love to meet a matchmaker in Nigeria so that I can Mm -hmm. meet my future bae. (laughs) I have a Nigerian mother reaching out to you. Come, Abby, I want you to connect my son. He doesn't want to get married. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah, we'll uh, we'll work on matchmaking you after the podcast. (laughs) Got it. Got it. That's how you know she's a real entrepreneur. She gave her phone number on a podcast. So shout out to you. (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm crazy, but I will say I do have boundaries, you know, after, uh, eight, 9 PM, I won't respond, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'll get back to you if I'm not available. And I do joke. I have like a personal phone as well. I don't give that one out. There's like 10 contacts in there. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, texting is the easiest way. You can also go follow me on Instagram at modern Yenta, Y E N T A it's modern Yenta. Um, and you can check out our matchmaking websites for romantic matchmaking. It's the social MM as in modern matchmaking dot club C L U B. And for business matchmaking, it is founderist founder IST dot club. And for spiritual matchmaking, it's spiritual. <laughs> and for friend matchmaking <laughs> and for what what's coming next? I don't know. Stay tuned, people. I'll be right, back in three right, years right. with three new businesses. Yeah, you never know. Maybe you come back yet three years from now and say, I, I'm, I'm always surprised that I still have the podcast going, but I don't know. Oh Maybe God, this is my, yeah. my same How many place. episodes are you on now? Uh, almost 180, maybe 170 something. Oh yeah. The, the whole goal for this year is to try to get to 200 episodes by the end of the year, because we'll be clocking five years old, I think in November or December. Wow. So I want to get 200 episodes before that time and kind of like, you know, five years, 200 episodes, that type of thing. So I am amazed by you. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, hopefully I can come on your podcast sometime. Yeah, we got to make it happen. Come on, Ghosted. And uh, we'll just talk about how to not get ghosted. (laughs) (laughs) Call it the unghosted show. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. I love it. And thank definitely. you so much for having me back. This was a blast. Most definitely. I'm so happy uh, with, you know, the progress you've made with the social, your new business, with your personal life, um, and, you know, just all the lives are affecting. Um, thank you so much. We're, we're happy that we can, you know, provide our little platform to kind of like amplify that. And we wish you all the best with your endeavors as well. Um, for our listeners, um, it's Culture Class Podcast, the same handle. Um, go to our website at cultureclasspodcast.com. Um, if you want to be connected to Abby, uh, we'll have all our details in the description. Uh, but happy Valentine. Hang in there. And until next episode, be well. Hey.